10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown. Very best of mornings to you all. It's Friday and no more wake-ups until the weekend and just a few more hours until we can holster those board pens, power down those visualizers and two days of R&R can begin. I'm Dorian Brown. It is Friday the 26th of November and we are coming at you live from Teachers Talk Radio Towers. Today we're talking about working life beyond the classroom but still remaining connected to the classroom. Very excited about this one. Text or call in. Let's talk this out. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Teachers Talk Radio, the Friday breakfast show. Do not adjust your radio. Kate Jones's voice has not broken and become all Bristolian. I have moved to the breakfast show myself, so you have the pleasure of my ruefully random ramblings to bring you out of that last day morning slumber. And Kate, when she's returned to her new job with Inner Drive in London, she'll be back with a bang doing her thing on the Monday night twilight show in the new year. Watch this space for that. So let us get breakfast served up for you today and by Jove do we have a sizzling selection of soy-based sausages for you this morning. Before I introduce my phenomenal guest, I always like to begin my show with my imaginary co-presenter Susie Dent with this week's word of the week. Today it is the 19th century word latibulize, which means to find a hiding place or retreat for the winter or to find a quiet corner and stay there. So that is something I'm sure that we're all very much looking forward to be able to do towards the end of today. And if you're listening back today as a download, I warmly suggest latibulizing so that you can enjoy what is to come undisturbed. Now my guest today requires no introduction at all. Uh, I do wonder why people say that by the way. It's only, surely, it's only right and polite to introduce somebody who's given up their time to come on your show. And, and, and then why do people say there's no need to introduce someone and then they proceed to introduce them anyway? Weird. Anyway, uh, let us then give my guest the introduction he rightly deserves. Um, I'm joined today by the one and only Mark Grist. Hailing from Peterborough, Mark left teaching to become a full-time poet, storyteller, podcaster and battle rapper, winning a host of awards and titles for the aforementioned. It is a genuine privilege to be able to have him here on Teachers Talk Radio to talk about his incredible journey that has taken him around the world, both physically and sadly in more recent times, I guess, digitally too. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for joining us on Teachers Talk Radio. Check, 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 check. Not you. You're in. You're in. Woohoo! Am I in? You're in. I've got you. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for joining <laughs> us today, Mark. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, I'm there. relieved. Oh, it's lovely to be here, Dorian. It's nice to chat to you again. Fantastic. I was just about to give your whole uh, life story just there. So luckily you've saved me and uh, you can, you can, you know, you're a little bit more informed on that, I suppose. So for those very few people out there that probably haven't heard of you, could you give us a quick run through of your journey in education up to now? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I imagine most people probably haven't heard of me, to be honest. But um, I, my name is Mark and I'm, I've got a weird job, right? I'm a poet and I'm a rapper and I guess I'm kind of a, known as a rap battler as well. Um, and I also kind of visit lots of schools and I, I help 
uh, kind of particularly English departments come up with projects and ideas that kind of uh, in, in, engage younger people in, in in writing more creatively, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I left teaching to do this must be about 10 years ago. Um, I was kind of doing a lot of kind of uh, local kind of poetry open mics and stuff. But then when I left teaching, that's when I started rap battling. Um, uh, and I, at the time, I wanted to see if I felt sometimes our curriculum was a bit restrictive that we kind of focused on short-term goals over um really kind of the you the, the creative kind of growth of our of our students and our teachers and i wanted to spend like a year out kind of exploring it um but i didn't expect all these videos to go viral and and, and stuff and and so that has meant that i guess i've, I've done some fun things i've met some cool people uh, uh, over the years Great, yeah, and and so if I can just kind of infer from what you've said, then the the the, the thing to make that made you kind of, I guess, quit teaching, as it were, as sort of full time teacher, was the um, the frustration, I guess, with the with the curriculum, and and you were just originally just taking the idea of a of a year out to kind of explore some more creativity, and then you've just not returned since, as it were. Yeah, pretty much. I was increasingly writing <laughs> kind of uh, I wrote a lot of angry angry poems as as kind of the years went on never about the students but always about kind of other things that I experienced as a teacher and I was kind of writing these poems in my spare time and and I, I'll tell you I mean Dorian it might be interesting that the, the thing that broke it for me was um we went to poetry live with my GCSE students and I love poetry live as an event you get to, you know they, they they get to kind of hear from poets that maybe those poets didn't just write those poems to be analyzed in a classroom. That's not kind of all they were hoping for those poems. Actually, they kind of they experienced something powerful they wanted to process or they wanted to give someone a, 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 a gift that was important to them or, you know, th th there's all these other reasons that, that, that poetry mm. is important to us. And um, they also get the AQA chief examiner kind of explains to them how to do the best they can in their exam. And, and, and that year, particular year, I felt the AQA examiner was, was, was really very condescending to the students in the room. It really felt this kind of like talking down kind of, um, uh, tone from the examiner that, that, that just was really, um, really kind of like un, uh, uninspiring. And then he said something that kind of broke it for me where he said that um, the year before a student, this was ages ago, had been studying the poem Island Man in their exam. And it's a short poem, Island Man, about someone who feels trapped between two worlds, you know, this kind of like tropical island they came from and, and this, um, and that central London. Um, and this individual felt trapped between being asleep and dreaming of this place they came from and awake and in this kind of busy London city. And the mm. student in the exam had said that for them, if they turned the poem on its side, it looked a little bit like a wave coming in on a beach. And if they turned the poem on the other side, it looked like a, like a, a cityscape. Um, and maybe that related to the themes of being trapped between these two worlds. And, and also perhaps the action of rotating the poem is a bit like going from standing up to lying down and being awake and being asleep. And that could relate as well. And he said all that, and he said um, that 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 response got zero. It was the worst poetry response he'd ever seen. He said he it got zero marks. It deserved to get zero marks because that poem, when turned on its side, looks like nothing more than the poem turned on its side. And um, and I was really upset about this. And my students are going, "Sir, get over it. It's no big deal. You're being a you're being a you you know you're being over the top about it." And I was like, "No, I I, I, feel, I feel like there isn't a right and wrong way to analyze if the students can find evidence." And I I worry about I, I worried a lot about um what i was doing as a teacher to really enable my students to think think freely in a rapidly changing world where so much media is demanding their attention and is kind of dragging them in different directions potentially like politically and personally and how they communicate 
that I think the idea that we kind of just say some forms of analysis are bad um, yes. is just bad. And I went down to the toilet. I went to the toilets and I really bothered about it. And and the toilets had been trashed, right? Yeah. Probably oh, by no. my year tens as well. Um, they stuffed you know paper towels, you know, um, in uh, in 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 the, the the taps and and the sinks and stuff, and it was overflowing. And I thought, oh, this is a mess. And I just remember Anarchy. thinking, oh, this is really bad. And then I turned my head on its side. Um, and the moment I turned my head on its side, I realised that the paper towels on on the floor also spelt out a four-letter swear word beginning and ending with T. Um, <laughs> and I thought, oh, right, yes, things can look a bit different when you see them on their side. And so um, that's really what got me to a point of um, <laughs> chatting through with the head teacher about taking a year out and, and trying to work out what, what I thought we were missing, really, or what I could do learn differently for my, my classroom. That, that's really fascinating. It's really interesting to hear. Obviously, a huge loss, I think, to the to, to the students uh, and 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 uh, over the last ten years to not have you as a as a teacher. I've I've had the the pleasure of being able to kind of see you teach as well. Uh, Adele actually has just texted in as well and said that she uh, that we still teach it as well. Um, so oh. it looks like perhaps maybe the system uh, perhaps maybe hasn't changed too much. Um, but I, I wonder who'd have thought I, it? Who'd have thought know, it? We right? still. We're still we're still going through that same old loop. Um, I mean, do you know what? I actually quite like Ireland, man. Mm. I thought it, it did some interesting things, and it got them asking some good questions, and it was short. So for for the, for certain students, it was a, a little more, uh, you know, a, 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 a li little bit um, less like kind of stressful to try and engage with and stuff. But um, mm. that's interesting. I didn't realize it was yeah. still it was still on. <laughs> she said she's uh, te teaches it to year seven there. I think it's quite interesting because when you look at the when you look through the papers and look at the, the the news in terms of the reasons why teachers are leaving in their droves at the moment, rarely do you see that it's the the system or the curriculum at this point. At the moment, the focus seems very much on kind of well being and workloads, etc. Um, and so yeah, so it, it, there's a multitude of reasons I think perhaps maybe why people people do leave. Um, so, oh, and, so and reasons that and reasons that we've got reduced students taking. English A-level, you know, I think it's the, the mm. subject most in decline for student uptake, particularly with boys, um, yes. you know, over the last, last, last five years. So um, we've got some problems, right? I, and I, I, I'm interested in trying to learn why, uh, you know, why, why that could be and trying to help people change that. And actually, I don't, people may not know this, but Dorian and I have met before. Have you, have you told them, Dorian, about I haven't, not yet. No, I haven't, not yet. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. We'll, you go for we'll it, no, go for it, go bit. for it. You can go for it. Uh, well, so, um, so I visited Dorian's school um, uh, when he was teaching Indonesia. So worked with some great teachers, including Dorian, um, <laughs> on a theory of knowledge lesson, uh, which was my first time experiencing kind of going through that. We kind of debated <laughs> art and cultures. It was a, it was a kind of lesson that just really felt me felt exciting, um, and partly because Dorian framed it so well, but also Dorian had a rap battle, didn't you, Dorian? Like, um, and you, you did you win? I think. I, I think uh, it wasn't about the winning, it was about the taking part, think, wasn't it? both so good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, we had a lunchtime rap battle in the, at the end of the week and the students loved it. It was really good and really funny. And, it was and also, really good fun to do as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and very, very clever and very, uh, no, no, no lines were really kind of uh, overstepped at all in relation to content and stuff, but it was still very, very funny. We were well mentored. <laughs> uh, Tom's texting to fight, Dorian. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Tom's texted in and said we have to tell us more. Uh, we have to tell us more about that particular rap battle. Um, 
I mean, it was myself versus an English teacher. We, uh, Mark kind of spent a bit of time with us kind of, you know, talking about, you know, how the rhythm and the rhyme and all this kind of goes. Uh, and, uh, and we just kind of went away and just basically we were, we were good friends as well at the time. Uh, <laughs> um, and we, we did remain friends after the battle as well, but he did kind of pick on my height an incredible amount and my lack of hair, um, which I think was a little bit below the belt in, uh, in a number of respects, but that's hey, true. you um, kept it. I think that's why you did so well as well though kind of you kept it really on point with I think kind of things that related to teaching into like the I think there was references to the behavior policies of the school and stuff like that and the thing is oh, yeah. the students love those things being mentioned they don't actually want they don't ever really want us to be cool do they like not really mm. they just want us to kind of project to them that the things that they're interested in or, or they care about are not completely valueless I think within the classroom um, Absolutely. It's a, it, and as a sort of a question I'm thinking about later is the idea about how we can use those sorts of things as a, as a hook to um, uh, get get students interested and, and, and kind of, I guess, see the difference or the similarities, I guess, between poetry uh, and rap. Um, and I think really that would be my, my, my next question, actually. So in your opinion, what, what is actually the difference uh, between poetry and rap? Oh, okay. So, I mean, this is this is a this is a prickly um, issue, I think, within the world of poetry. Or it was when I started rap battling, you know, and 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 look, trying to learn about rap. I had a lot of well, not a lot, but but some poets come up to me saying they couldn't understand why I was doing it. They said, you know, I was um, I, I I was at the time I was poet laureate of, of Peterborough, <laughs> and I remember like a, a Peterborough poet because I started working with a, a local MC. Said, you know, this was interesting choice of words. He said I was I was dragging Peterborough into a cultural black hole, which I thought was interesting um but i think uh some poets would argue there is very little link between them um i'm sure mm. and i think to me there's three kind of distinct differences i suppose like you've got poetry that's designed for the page and that's intended to be consumed on the page and then you've got rap and i would definitely argue that those two forms of writing use very different skills mostly because rap is designed to be heard first and foremost instead of read um, and also rap quite often the aim is to try and get your message across within one take of the piece of writing right rather than, whereas a, a poem some poetry yes. that I love I go back to when I you know it's, constant it, analysis I, and rereading yeah, and, and, and different and stories it stays yeah. with you yeah um, but then I would say that probably what I do I'm kind of of a halfway house of, of being uh, a poet that writes with performance so I kind of you know put work out on YouTube and I make live shows and I go and kind of do gigs and things um, I would say that the right poetry that I write has an awful lot in comparison with rap because again it's designed to be heard um, and I use rhyme and I use all the same te techniques and I think some poems that we teach or should teach should probably be, be poems that are designed to be heard as much as they're designed to be read um, because the oral tradition predates the written tradition of of poetry and and it's particularly important I think for um for 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 our own kind of like development and understanding of of kind of how language is developed. So I I think I think with those three different forms, I think the page stuff and the rap is very separate. But I think once you really get into kind of poetry that that you know came first, that was designed to be heard and heard by people, um, I think there's huge links with rap. Although although actually rap often is leading the charge when it comes to rhymes, uh, like complexity of rhyme schemes and uh and and experimentation well. with kind of line length and meter and stuff it's it's an exciting world i think if, if if you can find the right material 
Yeah, and that's, that's a really fascinating distinction that you've made there because it's something that I've never really thought of before. Like the purpose of the, you know, when someone is writing rap or poetry, etc., the purpose is it for it to be read out or is it for somebody to sort of read and digest? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think really... one thing that happens, I, I've I've been to a lot of schools where I've met teachers that have told me to my face that they think rap is dumb, it's meaningless. The, uh, I've been told that rap is low hanging fruit. That the idea of kind of bringing mm. rap into a classroom is uh, could be, you know, uh, it, it fundamentally could even damage the students. That it's um, that it's, and also I think interestingly, fundamentally, a lot a lot of these teachers who who are found quite often haven't really spent a lot of time listening to rap and 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 learning going beyond what might be the most commercial kind of in, stuff that that reaches you without you wanting it to. Um, I think those teachers quite often um, they, they they they're quite um, they're quite dismissive of it, and they don't want to learn about it themselves either, or they don't see a point. Um, and I think they probably see themselves sometimes as as kind of defending something or protecting something that's uh, that that needs protecting. And I I often think that's um, I don't know I don't I don't I don't know whether that's for me, it seems like there's a, there's, there's a level of hubris with that idea to protect and save language because it's changed so much uh, and it's yeah. been impacted by so many things that, that, that ha how can we know that we're making the right call when we're trying to preserve it in some form? Um, For sure. Yeah, and that's so, the yeah. idea of tra tradition, I guess, traditionalism. People go, and, and you know, people thinking, you know, what, what, what traditionally we have always done and, and, and perhaps maybe rap can be a bit of, can pose a perhaps a bit of a threat to the the, the people that have sort of done it the, the same thing over and over again in the past and it kind of means that they're not kind of being a little bit more sort of open to to to, to, to new input into the knowledge base perhaps in that particular um in that oh, particular absolutely. area and we have a lot of pressures as well on us as a, t as a teacher to know things to know everything and i think it's funny, isn't it? We still, we, we, you know, we still got Island Man in there, kind of going around the system. It's much easier to to kind of know everything if it stays the same. Mm. Yes, absolutely. That's absolutely fascinating. And and again, I think that idea of using rap as a as a hook or as a kind of a uh, something to engage is also a folly as well, in, to a degree, because it kind of links it with this idea of this kind of edutainment, isn't it? You know, just uh, pitching it as something which. Uh, is purely designed just to get a stepping stone to get somebody interested into more traditional poetry. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think what what I what I find what what I found kind of really helped shape how I I feel that I would want to work with young people was reading Michael Rosen talking about. Um, um, he said he felt sometimes that the, the education kind of leans towards a model or it lent towards a model where, you know, the, the teacher is seen as a jug full of water with the water being knowledge and, and the students are just empty cups that come into the room and, mm -hmm. and they just get filled with that water and, um, and then they leave. And, and, and he said that he, you know, he, he, he felt that he found that very unfulfilling and he found the, the students found it unfulfilling because no child is an empty cup of knowledge they, they they know and they care about things and they have thoughts and and they they can be just as i think any teacher listening would probably agree that students can say just as meaningful and thoughtful and powerful things as as any adult can do um and yeah and 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 he his view was that maybe we should be sharing water back and forth a little bit and that the teacher should get a little bit wet at some point yes. by kind of like um learning about what the teacher's got and i think if you transmit to, to young people 
Um, I think this is the thing. I, I've met a lot of young people and work with a lot of young people who actively, creatively, in their spare time, work with words, who don't play computer games all the time, who don't um, engage in, in uh, you know, kind of antisocial behavior, but also spend their time kind of writing rap lyrics. And those same students, a lot of them tell me when I meet them that, that they don't like English lessons. They don't, they don't enjoy them and they don't, and, and when I ask them about kind of whether they're kind of, the teachers have spoken to about their writing and what they're doing, it's no, they haven't. Um, and I'm not saying that happens all over the place, but it does, does happen um, quite a bit. And I find it, I've always found it weird, I suppose, that you can get a lot of young people who are clearly passionate about words and, and being creative, who also at the same time feel unwelcome in a way uh, in, in those English lessons. It, it points to me, it sounds to me that it's an issue with the, the sort of curriculum almost to a degree, because, you know, why would we not want to kind of focus, uh, you know, t take interest and kind of push students forward in, in, in whatever area that they really want to go to a degree, right? Particularly when it comes to these more, uh, I guess, creative subjects, you know, we don't want to kind of keep them sort of in a, in a, in a tight framework. And, uh, you know, we do want them to be able to explore the various plentiful different avenues that avenues that there are in, in, in creative writing and in poetry and, and storytelling, etc. So to hear that, that some students that engage, that do a lot of reading and do a lot of writing and yet on reflection say that English lessons are not very enjoyable for them, I think is quite sad, isn't it? Um, Adele's text yeah, in there and, and said that it's too driven by exams and uh, maybe that's the, the reason for perhaps maybe not being engaged and no room for creativity. Maybe. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the only, mm. the only hard <laughs> stat I can see that really is going with that is, 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 is the A-level, you know, reductions in numbers as well. As soon as, as, soon as mm. they get a choice about whether they're studying it or not, yes, we're kind of in decline there. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, I'm not sure we're going to be able to, to answer all of the world's big problems with the English curriculum, etc. today, but it's certainly interesting to kind of um, throw it's, around I, in our I've heads probably got there. a lifetime's worth of exploring to do on it, I think. Yes. Well, listen, let's um, let's have a little bit more than, uh, of a discussion about what the sorts of things that you have been doing since leaving the classroom. Now, I kind of the strap line of the show is kind of um, leaving the classroom, but still being connected to the classroom. And and mm. if we were to just browse um, your, your website, the website, markgrist.com, uh, we find out all of those things that you have been in doing and it seems that you've got a lot of a lot of fingers and a lot of pies a lot of seem projects that seem to be uh, going on um, and I'll just play sort of just in the background here what what I think on the first couple of pages is you've got your parents evening uh, YouTube video which I think you you, you filmed and, and recorded as a little refre reflection uh, on parents evening and just wanted to know really what your um, how, how the idea came about for it oh yeah okay um so so this was part of my series mark can't rap so when i started rap battling um some of these battles went viral and a lot of people started kind of like kind of supporting me in these battles but a lot of people were supporting them in ways that i felt a bit uncomfortable with they were kind of celebrating this kind of teacher teaching these young people a lesson and stuff and, and actually i was really doing it because i wanted to learn things so i i, I moved more into kind of a podcast because a podcast is a really good way of being able to keep control of your own story um and so yeah i've been making this podcast series mark can't rap and the whole idea of mark can't rap is i'm not a great rapper at all um but i would like to learn more about 
about it because I think enough young people like I know care about it. So so maybe I could I could I could meet rappers and ask them to help me. Um, and the process has been incredible. It's been amazing. Um, I I think we often see like maybe a kind of media honed honed kind of perspective of of MCs that kind of presents kind of this braggadocious or this quite loud and outspoken kind of. Um, character and actually, when, when you go to a lot of the, these artists and say, "Can you help me? I, I, I want to learn about it, but I'm, I'm not very good." Mm. The compassion that I've found within the rap community, the level of support, um, the, the, the the stories I've heard from from MCs about their own experiences in school. You know, I, I, uh, Inja was a great um, drum and bass MC, really inspiring guy. Recently, been asked to go back to his school to. You know, kind of be a be a, be a governor. He he was asked to go back and be a governor, but at the same school, he was told, you know, by 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 a teacher that he'll never amount to anything because, and, and I quote from his own words, he was black and he came from Luton. Like he was told that back in the day when he was at school. Mm. Um, and so it's been fascinating, like listening to these stories, um, creating the podcast, and over time, I hope people will hear me get better at rapping. And and the thing I often rap about is teaching because that's they often say that the mcs you should write about it's about truth it's about uncovering some truth and saying something you think um everyone has their own personal experience they can share that is meaningful to the world um and so yeah i think for me um writing about inset days parents evenings um they're things that i guess no one had written a rap about and i thought well maybe i could try and apply this this learning to these things it's quite a niche market, the parents' evening rap scene at the moment. <laughs> I absolutely. Don't think, yeah. I don't think Kanye is kind of like having many sleepless nights. He's so not, I'm no, be, no. <laughs> throwing away from. But, the, but, but here's the thing that's part of it as well is I kind of want to make things that hopefully, if teachers hear them, they kind of go, oh, I enjoyed that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes mm-hmm. maybe if people are a bit dismissive of rap, maybe they've only experienced things that they haven't gained any warmth or humor from you know in mm. in, the, in their life and so maybe having some some tracks that for, for teachers make them kind of feel a bit more positive about rap means that young yes. people might have a more positive experience in schools it, it is a broad church uh, the world of rap isn't it and i think we uh, will get into the, the the detail of that in a, in a little bit in a little bit if that's okay but yeah it's not you know yeah, some people's experience or uh, um idea of what rap is you know can be quite quite negative when you when they listen to some uh some artists and some lyrics etc and and that tends to actually make people then uh, think well that's all that's what all rap music is about but i think what you're saying there and what you're what you're doing through your your parents evening video and for your your, your podcast etc um you're you're trying to show that there are other avenues uh, which can be explored uh, in in the genre as well um oh, i do absolutely, have absolutely little- absolutely and I, d- I do have a little pod, a little trailer of your podcast as well. If you, if if we can have a little <laughs> yeah. listen, and then you can give us a a little bit of uh, an idea Start of what's going two. on. Yes, in yeah, yeah. Right here I it is. I saw on Facebook that you've been doing some creative writing classes online. Yeah, I'm not really getting any any money for them. I'm, I'm learning a lot about how to broadcast, um, which is which is something. But man, I'm getting a lot of heckling. It's it's tough. <laughs> Send me a video of. You being roasted by children. About 45 minutes in. All right, let me just skip forward. On the chat thread, one kid said... My uncle said that you could rap. And it was then... Rap, rap, rap. rap. That... Rap, rap. A lot of them rap, started rap. asking me please rap. to rap. Please rap. Rap, rap. Please rap. Please rap. Rap, rap. Rap, rap. Please rap. How much money did you get? In donations for that workshop? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Oh, man. Uh, in, in fact, I have to 
I pay a subscription to be able to broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Talk us through that, Mark. Uh, so that's at the start. So this season of um, a Mark Cut and Rap, I decided that I wanted to try and document the pandemic as well. So it's mm. been such an unusual time that I thought maybe, it, what can I learn um, over the course of the pandemic from rap in order to help me keep myself afloat? What can I learn about overcoming kind of difficulty and hardship and about being creative and, and finding life fulfilling from rap during the most difficult period of my life? Um, and so when the lockdown hit, I was, I didn't know what to do, right? I think back here in the UK, particularly, there was, there was a really quite positive, I think, kind of almost kind of a, a wartime mentality of everyone trying to pull, pull together during that mm. first lockdown. Um, and so at the time I thought, well, I'll just try and do something by running free workshops for kids on Wednesdays. But um, because of the rapping things, a lot of their parents had <laughs> told them and stuff. So I, I was getting bombarded with messages to rap and th that seemed to be a really good jumping off point for, for episode one. And episode one is about fear and about how fear can stifle us and, and, and block us. And the fear of, lockdown, of, of that first lockdown was very intense. And I kind of reused the, the fear of these, these kids telling me how to rap. And, uh, and we go and we interview Michael Payne, who's an amazing rapper, incredible rapper. He now is a script writer. He, he, um, his agent is the same agent that represents a lot of kind of like big hitter kind of Marvel um, script writers. But, but Michael Payne, um, he was, he got a record label, massive deal when he was younger. The, the thing most young people really dream of. Um, and then he was terrified, you know, he was stressed and he, he couldn't create. And now mm. that he's no longer got his label, he talks about how freeing it's been. And, and we'd look at the work he's produced and, and, and we use that as a, uh, and each episode over the course of the pandemic is exploring a different problem, um, that we have not just within a pandemic, but when we're in stressful situations and, and when things are looking bleak. And, and and we talk with MCs about how they overcame something different. Um, what a what a great lesson that is to students. Just to, to and then what a great lesson that is also to students and actually teachers as well. You know that you know that all of that kind of responsibility and all of that pressure that comes you know with with, with a, a, a a record label deal or or this high expectation that we have on us. It really does kind of push push the buttons and and re lead to really big kind of pressure points throughout the year. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. If you if anyone else wants, obviously. Any time they they, they 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 spend away from 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 the radio this radio station, I, you know, like if there is one thing to listen to, I would recommend. <laughs> I am biased, but if you listen to season two, episode one of Mark Can't Rap, yes. it's a really good jumping on point, and you can uh, you can you can you can hear how the, how how kind of. I, absolutely, I, 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 I would I actually second that. that as well. I would absolutely second that as well because when I listened to to I listened to season two, episode one, it just it was just so raw and, and and authentic, and you were very articulate in the way, and you were you know you were saying how you know it was just you and your wife and your dog for long periods of time, uh, you know, working for, and living and eating all in your front room type thing, and it really did kind of paint a really quite sort of uh, vivid uh, picture of, uh, of of what you were, what you were going through at that time and how you know uh, you were able to kind of tap into to, to your your Mike Cant rap podcast and the things that you're doing just to basically kind of keep you keep keep you sane almost yeah I mean it was a surreal time I, and and I don't I mean I I, 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 I yeah I, I haven't heard many other things that really go into you know m kind of stage by stage that whole year and a half that we've been through um mm. because it's yeah it's been it's been quite 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 an experience for, for, for teachers and, and, and students all over the place and, and we kind of go into that more as the, the series goes on um 
but yeah, so that's been that's been a lot of my focus, and the, and the, the tracks and stuff all, all come into Mark Can't Rap. Yes, excellent, and and um, yeah, as I said, uh, we. Definitely, I definitely recommend that to, to to listeners as well. Just have a little 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 listening to a few of those podcasts. I think it sounds it's really professionally oh, oh, done and everything yeah, and, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also, I mean, this episode we're dropping today, episode four of the, the second series. I, I'm interviewing Luna C, who is the UK's, un, you know, one of the UK's best ever rap battlers. He's now a great, mu- great artist, um, music artist. Um, he was, you know, excluded from school with no GCSEs. He talks about it, you know, his ADHD. Um, how he struggled to stay focused. He went to a Prue and, and you listen to him talking about his work rate, his passion for what he produces the, the, and, and his advice on how to kind of stay focused and not get distracted and not do things that are detrimental to your own positive mental health. It, it's, it's really inspiring. Yeah. And I'll, I'll pick up on that from what you said earlier about the, the, the drum and bass MC returning as a governor, you know, um, I can't remember which book it, I think it was, uh, Martin Robinson's Trivium or something, but it's about the idea that education is is written by the educated, right? And so those that don't do very well at school don't necessarily have a seat at the table when it comes to deciding what is being taught. And so that this leads to these, um, and it, it might be a bit cliche, you know, this idea of being told that you're not going to be very successful and then, you know, that only can motivate, that does actually serve as a motivator to some to succeed and exceed those um, those expectations. Um, I, I listened to, was it, I think it was Blizzard as well, because he was he was um, mm. one of the first people that you battled in uh, in Don't, uh, Don't Flop, I think, and it was the teacher versus student student quite famous uh, yeah. YouTube, yeah, that, YouTube video yes and you've actually got him on Mark Cantwell. UK rap battle ever I think yeah that's right and, um, and you've now got him back on um, Mark you've got him interviewed in Mark Cant rap now on the podcast yeah yeah yeah. so he's he's appearing on uh, we're actually kind of finishing the episode right now but he'll, the first one after Christmas he'll, he'll be on um, and within that we t- we talking about the tier system actually when that was in operation in Manchester was you know heavily locked down for a huge period of time whereas Peterborough wasn't um, and we look at uh, the different responses in the media to to me as a teacher and him as a student. When when my content in that rap battle, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, is, you know, I, I think I'm much more offensive um, in that rap battle than, than Blizzard is. Blizzard gives some really complex, articulate thoughts, and yet somehow when that span out in the media, it was this gobby teenager being taught a lesson by the teacher. And you think, well, we're not really, we didn't really listen to what was being said, did we? We just kind of have this archetype of what a teacher is and what a student is, and and how we want and 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 what they're like and i don't think there was anything particularly gobby about um lizard really um in relation to what i was doing so yeah i think um yeah it's it's interesting that but also yeah then how you know we all experienced different tiers throughout the lockdown and not everyone's lockdown was equal yeah fascinating and again uh, uh recommend people to kind of have a little look at look at some of the 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 rap battles that you've had in the uk um don't flop but then you've also your your um you've also kind of forayed into uh, rap battles on uh, across the world as well um i remember that there was a the documentary was it in the philippines did you go to the philippines oh yeah 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 so yeah that was that was that was that was pretty mad. So I got I got um, Red Bull at the time. We think about making a TV channel. I remember being called in by this guy, and he was like, "Can you beat anyone?" And I said, "Well, I mean, theoretically, <laughs> I guess anyone could beat anyone if they have a bad day." And he said, "Would would these MCs battle you?" And and I said, "Well, if you, if you gave them some money, I'm sure they would." And so they said, "All right, well, we're going to send you out to Manila in the Philippines with a with a camera crew and." Um, going to film you over there for two weeks and you've got to write all your battle material and then at the end of the two weeks you will be up against 
a guy called Looney, the most viewed rap battler in the world. Um, and uh, that was insane because just flying with a, a crew who've been paid to to work with me on this thing because I've just decided I want to, you know, I was getting a bit tired of restrictions from the AQA mark scheme to like, yes. to like <laughs> we're on a flight to Manila now. Okay, um, what's happening? And, and, and having to work out that material on the fly and, um, and every single person I met everywhere, we even went out right into the remote kind of parts of, the Philippines in, in villages. And if I asked anyone, have you ever heard of a guy called Looney? Literally every single person was like, yes, the King of Rhyme. Yes, we know. Uh -huh. It's like, it's like Eminem out there. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it was, it was mad. It was mad. I remember I, I threw a fake passport into the crowd. I told them I loved, I loved being there so much. I never wanted to go back and, uh, <laughs> and, like, and, and, and threw the passport in as a bit of a gimmick. Um, but yeah, it was good fun. I enjoy I enjoy that about rap battles. There's so much room to be creative because the the constraints are, are actually really simple. You you have three constraints in a rap battle. One is you have to rhyme. The other is that you have to raise your status, and the third thing is you you have to kind of lower the status of your opponent. Um, <laughs> and and that's it. And and you can do that however you like. I've seen people beat people in rap battles by actually not even being rude to them, but actually complimenting them or the place that they come from because it's so unusual and inventive and it makes them look so much funnier and uh, engaging than the, the opponent who seems quite played out and formulaic, they yes. go on to win. Um, so, and that's, yeah. that's the diff yeah, sort of celebrating the difference, I guess, uh, you know, going against the grain as it were can kind of bring that extra level of entertainment. Um, when you entered the, you know, let's call it the scene, I guess, of, of, of rap battling yourself then, um, did did you identify firstly i guess who was who or what ins, was your inspiration what kind of got you going was it was it the fact that you were into, into poetry and therefore you were able to you know uh, i don't know wax lyrical put, put make things rhyme and whatever or were you just good at insulting people or uh, <laughs> what what was it that was your inspiration and then to to come up as number 2 there is arriving on the scene did, was there anyone else doing what you were doing the way that you were doing it you know mm. uh, or was it the fact that you had something something fresh and therefore that's why you enjoyed so much success on the in the in the scene yeah. I, I i oh god i really hope i don't i don't there's no one who, who would m mind me saying this i don't think there was really anyone doing what i was doing um mm. i don't there, 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 there might have been teachers who were doing it but i don't think they were kind of putting out that they were teacher kind of front and center um mm. so much or if they did maybe it was in jump off which is more of a freestyle arena um but definitely not within the kind of pre-written format of kind of don't flop and, and things to be honest I, I i met this guy mixy um locally who was working in a call center um he was at a gig one night came to see some poetry and he wrote rap uh and i started working with him to see what we could learn about each other and he turns out he's an incredible writer he's an absolute genius um and even when i was at university i've, I've met few people who have been as thoughtful and inspiring and articulate and intelligent in the use of languages mixy and, and mixy was telling me he had no gcse's you know he, i think he got like an e in english or something um and 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 i couldn't believe it um, and at the time we set a deal that I would try and teach it. I'd try and teach him how to write poetry and he would try and become the poet laureate of Peterborough the next time the competition came up and he would teach me how to rap and we couldn't really work out what to do. And then he said, you should do a rap battle. And it just seemed honestly, honestly, Dorian, it seemed like the most scary thing I could ever think of in my life. Like I just mm. couldn't, like, I just, I, there's no way I would never be able to do it. I would not be yeah. able to do it at all. Um, I know exactly how I that feels the by the way. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought when you came freestyle. to start. Yeah. Well, once I, oh yeah, absolutely. Once I found out that you could, you could pre-write, I thought, okay, you know, I'm still not going to sound like a rapper. I'm still, it's still going to be weird. Um, mm. But then maybe that was a benefit because you sound a bit different and a bit, bit unique. And, and I would say that the battle rap community were incredibly warm and welcoming and you know I've, I've i've appeared in other battlers like films that they've made you know they've made like kind of like uh kind of like they made their own like horror movies they're an incredibly creative bunch I've, I've i've appeared on people's tracks i've kind of like helped people with some 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 editing and i've had like mcs have come to my wedding we even have the rap battle we had a rap battle at, at, at the wedding you know <laughs> a couple of mcs after 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 everything um and for me i i feel I feel very grateful that I did so. It was so scary, and then it resulted in this much richer, more exciting, more varied, like friendship group and 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 and, and way to communicate with to, to play with language that I didn't know was there. So I, I think that's why I'm, yeah. I'm I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, and let let me sort of build on that a little bit because I think that that's quite an interesting thing to focus on. Because if you when you when you join something new, which you don't have the confidence or the, I guess the proficiency the proficiency or knowledge of just yet, you have that feeling of imposter syndrome. And I'll I'll kind of you know be oh, honest yeah, and say yeah. actually in teaching maybe five six seven years I guess of me of me teaching, I felt exactly that. I didn't feel that I you know was any good and you know it's just something that i was doing as a, as a job but as i think as you so did you did you have that original <clears throat> feeling of imposter syndrome and i and i just like that idea of what you've just said about how over time you were you know you were you're welcomed and now you feel that you are you, you've added value to the to the scene itself yeah i mean i find it mad to hear that that you have had imposter syndrome dorian like you're an expert i think it's quite teacher. i think it's a lot i think it's a lot com more more common than than people care to admit mm. i guess you just you know because because you, you we only do we do one year of teacher training if you're doing a pgce and and there is no yeah. way that we can you, you can kind of shape craft and 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 be a you know i i think a, a fantastic teacher um mm. by just you know a year's worth of training and a little bit of practice you know it's got to be it's got to be yeah. kind of sharpened over time and also and adele I mean, has also said the same that she's felt it also yeah sorry to say also, adele has, has also said that she's felt a, a bit of yeah, a, of a, a yeah. syndrome as well yeah also i guess what are, what are observations sometimes i mean maybe maybe people have like who are listening have like incredible observations that are really fulfilling and that they kind of get to like get a lot out of. But I think, I think for myself and other teachers that I know sometimes like, I mean, the, you, you can kind of go whole years, right. Without really being seen by another teacher in, in what you're teaching, you know, you, you, that can happen. Um, but, and so it's quite tricky, you know, like where you're standing and, you know, also we have a lot of, we have a lot of fear, of um, making mistakes and failure. And we have very limit, limited amounts of time. The teachers that I work with in their departments, when we're kind of like picking through or working at how to kind of, you know, um, do something kind of interesting for, for, for the students, that the main things we're looking at is like, how, how can we do something when there is such a serious time, you know, uh, con constraint on, 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 on the teachers and, and what we can do, you know, like we've got to come up with something new and fun and, and, and cool, but yeah people are people oh. are stretched really thin and the idea of taking a risk with a lesson that doesn't result in kind of clear outcomes and learning is is, mm. is terrifying as well um I, I i find weirdly dorian like i've i when i started and i was visiting schools i would say probably about 15 percent, 10 to 15 percent of all my work came from kind of 
private fee-paying schools and the rest was, was, was full comprehensive. And as time has gone on, probably about, probably about 75% of my work is now private um, and often international um, schools. And I, I, think, I think maybe perhaps in some internationals, there's perhaps a little bit more room um, to, to, to kind of um, to find some spaces for, 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 the, for these, kind of, uh, these mm. kind of things. But um, but yeah, I've definitely noticed that kind of that real shift, um, yes. and uh, and also like I think some of these schools they they the, the, the taking the risk for creativity I think is something you need if you want to get the higher grades. I think you can squeeze and 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 pull like a student up to. Um, do you know what my my head had a great analogy he used, which is that as a teacher you're kind of like you're like a coach for like a swimmer. And the student mm. being the swimmer and that you can either to try and improve their time from one side of the pool to the other, you can tie a rope around them and drag them through it. Um, <laughs> and it's exhausting for you as a teacher. If you aren't there, they might not be able to kind of do it as well. Right. Um, and yeah. you can make some small incremental improvements to what they're doing. But if you can get it so that they want to, when you're not there, like improve their, their speed and work on what they want to do and that they feel, um, that they themselves are like kind of like improving their time and, and, and working on it. That's how you'll really end up with like a really successful kind of, you know, student who's kind of hitting that, that, that kind of highest end. And, and I, I think that's very true. I think that there needs to be some level of, of, of inspiring enthusiasm. Uh, yes. You know, it's about motivation, uh, isn't it? I know Pe- Pe- Peps McCree has written much about the idea of motivation and how we motivate. And actually, but you know, the, the the key thing is that we motivate via success. You know, we give small wins, and then that motivates students to 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 go again, if you like. But uh, it, it's not the other way around, you know. Um, yeah, you can. And that rap battle you had, that was that funny. That was a really funny rap battle that the students really enjoyed, and they were mm. like cheering you guys on. And then they had a positive like lunchtime experience where the teachers like engaged something that they, that they thought was kind of interesting and they cared about. And I bet they that that will that would have added towards them feeling a little bit happier and more enthused about language uh, and about 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 the teachers and 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 open to listen to what you've got. I've often found that I, I mean I, I love teaching Shakespeare. I used to love it. I thought it was great and exciting, and I think it's important. But I always found it was so much easier to kind of work on Shakespeare if I'd also spoken to my students about what they cared about and, and maybe listened yes. to things that they were interested in or, or read some things that they also cared about as well. Um, just seems yeah. polite. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and that kind of uh, dovetails nicely with what, what Adele had written in the chat there, um, that, uh, you know, having that imposter syndrome is actually sometimes okay if you're starting, uh, if you're teaching new content or starting new positions, um, because she thinks it's important that we show students that actually we don't have all the answers necessarily and we don't know everything. Um, and I think that, that links back to what you were saying earlier about the Michael Rosen jug of water, you know, teachers need to, need to, also get splashed in a lesson with that as well. Um, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, Adele. I didn't realise it was Adele calling. I thought I think you were meaning like the pop star. <laughs> oh no! I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, uh, someone who's te- Adele who is texting. She she is in Kata as well, actually. And we've also had uh, Singora from uh, Mumbai hey, as well, Adele. who's kind of texting to the show. So yes. She says she's definitely not a singer. <laughs> if, if you want to call in Adele and prove that for us, then, then, then you know, be our guest. Uh... <laughs> Adele, if you can provide a hook, absolutely. Yeah, maybe I'll do 16. But, um, but um, I've definitely had, I, yeah, I've definitely had an imposter syndrome. I often get mm. chat to these rappers and, and they're kind of surprised that I'm, 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 I'm quite like, 
uncertain about what I'm Shy. writing and they don't mm. understand it because they're like, a lot of people have gone, Mark, you can rap. <laughs> That's mm. the main mm. thing with the, the series being called Mark can rap. They're like, you, you're a rap battler and everything else. But I fundamentally, and I think maybe the whole series of Mark can't rap has to end with me believing I can do it, but I still, I still don't really. But exactly. And I think that that's really good because how do you know what you're doing is, is good? That's the other thing. Cause there isn't this kind of measure of, I mean, maybe there is, maybe you look at the, the, the most popular um, rap artists and songs and lyrics and break all of that down and you, and, and you get some form of measure about what makes great rap, but it's not just the lyrics again, it's the rhythm, it's the delivery and it, it's everything. So when you're trying to kind of churn that stuff out for yourself, you know, um, I don't know what what is the what's the yardstick? What's the kind of the measure? How do we measure whether something is good or? I mean, it's, I, it's I don't know, and that's why so much <laughs> art gets created within a, within a community, right? Like because you kind mm. of need your peers and and everything yes. and everyone else. Um, I for me for me what was helpful was I went to an op- I started an open mic in Peterborough called Pint mm. of Poetry, and we just went down every month and we read poems that we liked. And then nice. over time, we thought, well, we should write poems as well. And then over time, we thought, well, can we get other people to come along and hear some different types of writing? Could we get some rappers to come down and listen to them? That'd be kind of interesting to see what they've got. And and then, and and yeah, and then you're on a, fl- a plane to Manila. Like, I guess yes. that's where you went, where it can go. But like, um, uh, it's 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 um, it's just I don't know. I, I think it's I I I have imposter syndrome. I'm like mm. a fair bit, um, but sometimes it's I not- also feel like it's just not helpful that, that that's what I could just say to myself just keep working on it put something out um yeah. I'm sure other people feel it's the years roll around pretty quickly um and what I found is just not thinking about things or just making work or, or putting things out like you said on the website being like what can I do next what can I make next just keep putting one foot yes. in front of the other and then you yeah. can kind of look back at some point and go oh I, okay I've done all this stuff now maybe I can feel a little bit more authorized Yes, I like that. Hey, Mark, this is uh, this is so fantastic, kind of talking to you. We could talk for hours, but I know I know that you've got uh, a live stream lesson coming up in in. in not, oh yeah, yeah, not, I've got a school too, in France. Um, near yeah. it, oh, it's been it's been so funny. They've been so good all so, week. Yeah. We'll get we'll we'll get to the the, the future for Grist uh, shortly. Uh, if I can, then because this is something I think um, you know, just to kind of bring a, an element of, of 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 deep reflection into this uh, this next part. Um, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to I, I'd listened to a couple of um of our teacher talk radio shows with a couple of guests that we've had on recently. Now there has been a lot of focus on the negative connotations and, and, and language, which has been used in, in rap songs of, of, of the past and gangster rap, etc., And also indeed uh, of the present um, often can be quite uh, misogynistic, homophobic, mm-hmm. hateful, inciting mm-hmm. violence, etc., etc., etc. Now we had uh, our social mobility star, our newly appointed social mobility star, Catherine Burble Singh, guest on Tom Rod- Rogers' show uh, a couple of weeks ago now, I think now, and, 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 and she identified that these songs really do, and, and actually the culture that comes along with it, really do offer or provide a, a huge threat to the self-esteem of young people and, 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 and have the tendency to propagate old-fashioned and offensive ideals. Uh, and I just, you know, as someone that has been, in the rap community, I guess, for, for over 10 years now. I wondered what your sort of response or what you actually think of that uh, is. Yeah, well, you sent, you sent it through and I, I listened to it. I mean, I, I've encountered Catherine Burble Singh's kind of like thoughts and ideas like a, a few times. Um, I mean, I found like her school idea, the kind of focus on discipline, I actually found some of those things 
interesting and some of those things I, I, I felt quite positive about. Um, I remember reading the the kind of, you know, the comments on each child is, is born with original sin. And, and actually, even then, I was kind of like, I think a lot of people were very angry about those things um but i i felt like twitter was probably isn't the most the best place to like really have a debate over what she's saying um mm. listening to, to 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 what you played i think it's i think people should definitely listen to it i think uh i think she's like on some pretty thin ice with 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 some of it if i'm honest um i think absolutely if if the statement is that some rap is damaging to some people I think I can totally agree with that statement, but I think the idea that she was portraying that these rappers, I think she talked about these rappers are all victims. They can't be respected within music unless they use the N word and things like that. Mm. I mean, that's just not, that's palpably not true. Um, you know, the MCs that I've spoken to and, and I've interviewed, I mean, if she listened to my podcast, I don't think she could really make many of those claims. I think the argument that some drill music um, is, is has like a real kind of like negative impact on communities is yes. a very real and accurate thing to say but she was also kicking off about stormzy and things and, and actually as you talk there were a lot of swipes at the kind of the left and and woke lefties and stuff and if, mm -hmm. if, I, if i'm honest with you it, it seemed like she was as concerned by stormzy's political stance and his looking for change within uh within um kind of working class communities and like uh and 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 causing young people to be quite active in their arguments against authority and to question the status quo i think she had as much issue with him in relation to those things when i've seen her clash with mm -hmm. him so i think i think it's a bit of a tricky one i think there's a lot of politics tied up in what she was talking about and 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 if i'm if i'm honest sometimes it felt uh it felt a bit ben shapiro kind of in tone and i don't know I, uh, I think, I think, I think adults can probably be, be just as impressionable as young people when the right bu buttons are being pushed. And I think buttons of like more discipline, more focus and stuff, I think is, yeah, I think that's, I, that sounds pretty appealing to me, but, um, uh, you know, when, when we've got certain kind of figures like Ben Shapiro, Piers Morgan, and, and perhaps in, in some ways, Catherine Burblesing, who are kind of planting themselves into an argument with more, mm. um, anger perhaps um perhaps kind of what what feels maybe cultivated anger than an actual real thoughtful exploration of what's going on um i don't know the algorithm likes that doesn't it uh, and and i think that's what we're kind of interested in i i don't think these 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 mcs that i speak to were victims i don't think they think that they are and i don't think when you've got labels like high focus um that are kind of very student-led and, and and bear in mind it's never been easier i think she talked about there was like these are victims of white music executives, you know, in every case. And, yes. um, and they're all very kind of demeaning about women. And, and well, I don't know, there's a lot of female MCs that are like incredible, um, who are, mm. who are doing amazing things. And like male MCs like Genesis Elijah recently dropped great track about his wife and how important she's been for him. Mm. So I, I just think she's very keen to like lay an attack out on a small number of arguably kind of, maybe like working class individuals that can feel a bit punching down and is less mm. concerned about actually the damage she might be doing to all those other artists by the things that mm. she's saying by lumping them all in to one one key area i mean and i think that's uh, the problem example, isn't it the, she said it's the all complex bad and awful but i yes. mean dave look at dave's performance at the brits it was a yes. stunning performance um yes. you know his work i find genuinely inspiring and and i don't think that someone like dave produces work in a vacuum you know he's inspired by these other artists and the culture around it um 
So, yeah, I just think the algorithm ben, like is, is keen on this kind of stuff. And I, I just think um, she sounds a little bit to me like King Canute shouting at the waves. Um, we've always complained about music, you know? Yeah. And I think you've identified like just in that, in this, that minute or so there, that it is more than what I think uh, it has been in, in that particular, obviously it was a short, short, shortish interview. Um, and the issue itself is incredibly more complex than I think what it was kind of distilled down to in that, in that. And there was a lot of, I guess, generalizations being made. And, and what does I think come through loud and clear is Catherine's care and love and, and, and drive and, and the, the extent that she wants to protect her her students um oh, and i guess yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely but 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 i mean i would say at the same at the same time i've i've heard i've i've heard the same launching into uh, that you know that warlike shield you know from mm. from head teachers at schools who are doing some pretty unpleasant things to staff right that that's the kind of the, right. the reason yes. they use for the things that they do and so i i just think that's a that's a well-tread trod line um mm. uh and I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would say that um, I would say if she was as concerned about her students and, and, and kind of the, 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 the way they're living and the opportunities that they have, I would think she would maybe, fire, you know, fire maybe a few more shots at government policies and uh, decisions yes. that have been made over the last 10 years that have increased child poverty and, and, and cause some blaming it on rap on rappers. Yes. I don't know. I, I mean, but they don't pay a salary, right? So yeah. it is. <laughs> It is, it is, and 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 look, it, it, I think it's a, a a really kind of fertile area for 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 further debate. I mean, you're, you're making, you know, I think that perhaps maybe as well that, that Catherine hasn't been in the industry and and perhaps maybe doesn't have such a a, a breadth of understanding about the the various different. Um, well, you know, rap isn't just gangster rap. You know, I, I want to kind of talk about you know things like you know tribe called Quest and and the coup, for oh, example, that were always famous for their kind of political messages and stuff and and. Is it Chamillionaire as well? Um, also yeah, and I think very... I even shared you like a, I think I sent you a, a, a link, maybe. I don't know if you were able to get something yes. like Charlie Tuna. I mean, so I, I don't think I should even have the last say on it, but I think if comments, I, 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 I think there's a great discussion to be had about it, but I also think mm. I worry from her, the way she's delivering it, how open she is to maybe learning or, or how she has to be correct yes. and to, to control everything. And when mm. I, I interviewed Charlie Tuna for 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 Mark Hart rap and asked him what rap has taught him um as uh as, as an adult um an adult man um from America who kind of grew up within you know a difficult environment um and I thought his response I think is I, I prefer the vibe of his response to be honest and we've got it right here to answer your question what has rap taught me words are strong words make way in the world in an instant you know, being a person who grew up in the inner cities and wasn't about the gangs, it wasn't about the guns and the drugs and this and the third, that the weapon that I had was my art. And my art consisted of not only visual art, but the word, you know what I'm saying? So rap has definitely taught me that. Rap has taught me indirectly about my black history in America as well. And about my black history in the world, my place in the world. Big up to people like Chuck D, big up to people like Rock Kim, big up to people like Big Daddy Kane, big up to people like Melly Mel with songs like The Message and stuff like that. Um, these songs have played uh, really, really, really large parts in my learning about myself. So rap has taught me about me. Yeah, respect.
That's beautiful. And that was a, 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 a bit of audio from Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5 that he sent you. From Jurassic 5 from episode, episode 2. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know what people feel when they hear that, but this is the kind of what I've been diving into the, these last five years. And so I, I, I can totally agree. Some, some rap is damaging to some people and there are things that we need to do. And I think that in relation to drill, there are, there are some problems. Absolutely. But I, I don't think it starts with the rap. <laughs> like, I, I just yes. don't think it does. Uh, and I think actually, I think if it, I would much rather listen to someone speaking calmly and reasonably and thoughtfully like, Charlie Tuna than this kind of what I feel at the moment. We get a lot of this kind of blowhard energy on thanks to uh, what we kind of crave within our talking heads at the moment. So I don't know. Hmm. Well, I, th I mean, there's so much again to about there, but I, I think, you know, Catherine referred to Michael Smith and the idea that uh, on, the, on, on the radio show, when you, when you tune into the radio, you only hear about black murder and it's been normalized. And so, uh, and it's normalized through, through the music and you very rarely, if ever, hear white people talking about shooting themselves, uh, shooting each other, sorry, uh, and, and, and going to prison. And so, so the messages that, you know, and, and he's kind of saying, are these things, do they become sort of self-fulfilling prophecies in themselves but i'd argue that the the just like we've had you know black history month you know we shouldn't have to have black history month um but because of what has happened in the past and the systematic racism etc we have to uh, it has to be highlighted and perhaps maybe we can say the same with rap music you know the, we have you know artists highlight problems in the sort of african-american community that can spark conversation with teenagers around social and political issues I think and uh, when I listen to that Charlie Tuna clip I, I, I remember the tune very well obviously the message um, but I remember it for the tune and then I called up the lyrics and then it paints such a, a, a vivid picture of what life would be like growing up in the 70s in, in the Bronx you know it says you know broken glass everywhere, got no money to move out, rats in the front room, uh, close to the, you know, close to the edge. Uh, and, and, and so why are we, why should we uh, uh, censor, censor, censor that? Why should we censor that? Why should we say that that isn't um, a true reflection, if you like, or a true mirror of what perhaps maybe has gone on in yeah. the past and, and, and challenge it? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's... I, I think rap, rap is really a, just a, 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 a um, Tony D said this to me and I thought it was really interesting and profound. He said that, you know, rap is, rap is just a mirrored surface. You drop into an environment and it reflects what is going on with that, that environment and, and what's happening. And that's kind of why I decided to write about parents evenings and inset days, because that was my environment. I could mirror yes. and talk about with <laughs> authenticity. Um, but that's mm. been the, the, the long and well, that's been like the rich history of, of rap, you know, it's been reflecting what's, what's been going on. Uh, injustices uh, racism all of those yeah yeah all, all things that i you know that are that are political that uh you know that are challenging the, the status quo if, if, the, if the argument is <laughs> i think at one point i think she said she just tells parents don't let your children listen to it stop to you know it, ban it you know it's you know, if the argument is just to put your, your fingers in your ears and, and 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 hope it goes away um and to just be it's just all bad you know and and, and everything else i, I just think that's that's something that's been said about music throughout history by an older generation to a younger generation, and and it's yes. not. I, I mean, what's the out? What's the outcome? Maybe if we're very zoomed in, like an individual, like if who's in real trouble. But I mean, it also is kind of suggesting that maybe like young 
black minds are like more impressionable than white minds as well. There are things within it that I think she does a bit of an injustice to like um, young people in suggesting that they can't engage with this work in a thoughtful way. You know, like that it's, uh, I've heard the same arguments about computer games and, and, and all sorts of things, you know, over the, the last 10 or 20 years. And I definitely think it can be, it, it can definitely like have some negative impacts on some individuals. I, yeah, absolutely. The certain kind of things, but, I would argue that, you know, I mean, we were saying the same thing about Marilyn Manson and high school shootings, weren't we, like a while ago? And, um, you know, I think even Elvis was um, was considered outrageous at certain points. Um, and I just think if you're going to go at rap, <laughs> these guys, you probably should go at the government, maybe, and some of our decisions that have mentioned, you know, one in three kids now living in poverty. It was one in five, like, five years ago. So, I don't know. Yes. I don't think that's yeah. rap's fault. No, and uh, yeah, I, I agree, and I think that absolutely. I think it's a, it's a lot, it's a more complex and bigger kind of uh, discussion than. Unfortunately, we've got time to <laughs> yeah. to examine Sorry, any further guys. here. No, no, it, it's so fascinating because I think the message coming messages coming from any form of art, you know, anyone can interpret. It's you know, it, it's an art form, isn't it? And so, and and there isn't one one interpretation of one particular art form. You know, I mean, let's listen to Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, and and he can tell oh. us how to how to keep clean you know personal hygiene let's listen to rap and and, and think about how we uh, how we are yeah, washing and, and ourselves you know if, if anyone is interested in like maybe listening to a bit more i would definitely say go for mark Hunt rap is a really good point i've got um jeffrey bocci he's a great um um he's a great writer um he wrote blacklisted all about the ways that we couch black people in language we have him in episode four and he talks through like some really key tracks that you could start listening to that just just to kind of show you kind of like to dis distill some of the, the kind of finer points of some of the, the best work of the last kind of five or 10 years. So if you only want to dip your toe, uh, and the other thing I'd say with imposter syndrome, you don't have to be cool at any point with any of this. <laughs> some people think like, oh man, I can't. No, it's not about being cool. I don't think young people really want their teachers to be cool at all. They want them to be fair and consistent, I think. Yes. I think that's what they want more than anything. And 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 reasonably honest. I think that I think honest is like catnip, I find, for... For, for young people, if, if if you can if you can present a a form of honesty and 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 fairness, and um, then I think that's what they really want. And it feels a little bit Beautiful. fair to show a bit of interest in what they care about. Lovely, yeah, I absolutely agree, Mark. Uh, this has been absolutely fan fascinating that little section there. I think it's uh, something which I think a lot of our listeners are uh, sort of churning around in their head now, and, and and can reflect a lot on perhaps maybe their personal experiences. Um, Mark, you, you, you're leaving us very shortly. I did want to see if we could just have a little bit of an idea about the sort of the things that are coming up, uh, sort of in the short and medium term for for for, for Mark Grist, uh, and yeah. perhaps maybe and, and maybe also you might be able to uh, give us a little uh, treat by giving a little live performance to close out the show so um so we're going to um have a really quick ad break and then on our return i'll have one maybe two small questions left for you um and then we'll have to wrap it up so we'll be back in about 40 seconds need support with your phonics teaching did you know oxford university press now has three dfe validated programs to help you read write ink phonics floppies phonics and the brand new essential letters and sounds Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. 
To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown. Welcome back. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, it is the breakfast show. Uh, I'm Dorian Brown, and it has been absolutely emphatic. I'm joined by Mark Grist, and he's just going to be leaving us just now. But I just wanted to really just uh, uh, kind of close out and ask him really a couple of things about what lies ahead uh, for Mark. Obviously, as a uh, performance uh, poet uh, and rap battler, etc., the pandemic has, has has hit people working in the performance uh, industry uh, pretty hard. And I know that you did uh, <laughs> you, you you shared a lot of those reflections. In in your in your podcast already so uh so if, if you could just i guess distill in 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 a short kind of soundbite mm. really about what how it's been for you um and what you had to do to sort of pivot during that time yeah um so yeah i mean live live gigs were out right that that all kind mm. of disappeared and, and i visit i i i spend probably about you know three months maybe even four months of the year just away from home just traveling and and and, and staying at different schools and, and and doing different projects um so that kind of went um live streaming has been amazing though those free live streams that i did for for families and, and for kids although i was terrorized by by seven-year-olds at first <laughs> like um it taught me how to broadcast and it meant that i could kind of you know take what i've got and, and share it online um and so that's been really good i think i picked up about five and a half the no, five hundred thousand views for those live stream lessons overall they just went everywhere which uh, is amazing right um and so that means that what's been great is you know now schools have got in touch and said look could you put together some live sprint stream packages for us so yeah immediate immediate future the, the, the is the joe live, wicks live, of poetry yeah absolutely <laughs> uh yeah uh and uh yeah and i mean some of it is late at night like i do do kind of um i think january i'll be doing some kind of like midnight till 4 a.m kind of sessions uh, a few schools in china but you know what like i really enjoy it like actually when it's been like you when you're isolated being able to connect with people in different parts of the world like I'm doing there and, and getting to write about what they care about and what's important to them. It makes you feel that, like how united we really are, like how much we really care about, about, about certain things, particularly young people. So that's been really cool. Um, aside from that, Mark can't rap still kind of like finishing off the second series. Um, and I'm writing a children's novel at the moment in, in my spare time. I've kind of felt like that Ooh. would be kind of cool. I've got, I've got, a, um, Do you know what? that I've, was going to be a question. You've got a podcast, yeah. you've done videos, you've done battles. Da, da, da. When's the book coming out? That was going to be my, my, my <laughs> well, question. I, did, there you go, yeah, you it. <laughs> I, I signed a deal with Bloomsbury just before the, the, the pandemic. I've got a, a fantastic agent called Rachel. She's been amazing. Um, and she's kind of helped me work out how to put my work into onto the page. And so I think 2023, it's going to take a while, but the right. um, first of these is going to be coming out and then there'll be one every year for a few years. So um, yeah, I, think I think you books, just booked yourself a slot on uh, You just booked yourself an, a, a, a reappearance now on Teachers Talk Radio to uh, to plug that book as well in the future. <laughs> Amazing. I'm a little bit closer to it. Yeah, hey, listen, um, we will put obviously a number of, sh of links in the bottom of the, of, of the show notes to, to kind of kind of uh, direct to anyone that's mm. listening today that wants to reach out to you or wants to engage with you. Uh, is that normally, the, is that the best way if we want? Yeah, please do. Like um, you just email me. Yeah. Yeah. Go to my website, sign up on the, on the submission for like, or email me through that or just mark at markgrist.com. Honestly, I, if, if people message me about anything, I, if you, if you want me to work with you, that's great. But if you've got any questions or anything you want to chat about, I really try and get back to everyone. Um, I sometimes, even if you have some students that have got like something they've written and you can record mm. it, you send it, I'll try and give you some feedback on it or a record a little message. Um, I think wow. that's just, that's, 
that's the kind of energy we need, don't we think? Like that's kind of that, yeah. that show. So generous as well. So generous of you as well to offer there. So that's fantastic. And no, no, I, cool, know, cool. I know that many teachers, you know, I've got got a few people in the studio that have been kind of fanboy or fangirling uh, uh, today. Uh, and you really do have a, a huge uh, impact on those communities that you that, that you work with. Um, and, and, and sorry that the, the pandemic has kind of affected that and, and, and denied, I guess, a lot of people of actually having that face-to-face experience with you but I'm glad that that's been able to continue online and hopefully fingers crossed you know things are starting to kind of uh, look out look up um, and and maybe we will continue some of the live things you know it, it does mean that you have to uh, you, you don't have to fly so often perhaps so there is that kind of green no footprint. and I'm hoping to make a new show for children that's going to actually have a live streamed option now I just think actually it's made me realize there are a lot of people that can't actually get into yeah. theaters right like yeah. you know accessibility is really front of my mind at the moment and so um you know it's yeah just 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 finding ways i think particularly this pandemic has made me value like kindness and thinking about people and being a bit open mm. to listening i think that's what i've really got from it amazing every cloud has a silver lining as they say and yes. you really have been the silver lining of what has been a fantastic show today mark i really thank you for your time i know as i said you've got a live stream of the school in france in in about 10 minutes or so i'm good oh, so yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you leave um but can i push for that one little uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. live performance yeah. for the end and then I'll play out the end. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, Great. guys, so this is um, just a short poem. This is, um, this is. Uh, I was trying to work out how to write about 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 the pandemic and stuff and it's quite tricky to get an, an idea, but then I thought, well, maybe I could do go through the alphabet and what's happened to us all because I think um, it's been a lot, right? That, you know, it's been a lot we've been through. So this is, this is called the A to Z of lockdown. Um, and thanks for listening to me chatting today. It goes like this. A is for ambitions that start in your head. B for bananas you baked into bread and C is for Cummings and castles and clapping and D is for doctors and NHS staff who can't eat just applause and will still need our backing and E is for everyone says we'll be fine but F is for furlough and what's that line on that G? Look that graph, the death toll now looming and H is for hugs done mostly by zooming and I is for Ireland, just I, isolation. J is for juggling home education. K for key workers, vital, important. And L is for loo roll that some of us hoarded. And M is for masks we carry like keys. N is for neighbors and loved ones deceased. And O is for, oh, what if we're doomed? And P is for parties held mostly on Zoom. And Q is for quizzes on Zoom. Yeah, why not? Whilst R is remember the loved ones we've lost. And S is for struggle. It's hard to feel worth. T for Tom Moore, too good for this earth. And U is for unkempt, untidy, united by V. Yes, our vaccines to counter the virus. And W, like I guess, is for weight. And X just exist in our homes, not for days, but for Y, a year. That's right, a whole year. 12 months of exhaustion, bad hair and fear, but why is also for you? What will you change? What will you not take for granted again as we each emerge like some baffled baboons? That day is coming and it's coming soon. Till then, I'll see friends still to beat back the gloom. My notes say it's said though. Oh <laughs> no, it's on Zoom. Cool. Thanks so much. Um, amazing. Peace and love, Mark. Thank you so much. That you was too, amazing. man. Take Have care. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.